Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, 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 Geek Vibes Nation, to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. If you guys are wondering why I took that small little break, Dane explained to me that he wouldn't play the drop, and I still thought he would play the drop. Um, <laughs> welcome to episode I don't even remember. Uh, Nick is, usually keeps me up to date with the new account that we have. 49? Okay, perfect. So welcome to episode 49 of Geek Vibes Live. We have so much to sort of talk about for today's episode, but before I go there, allow me to introduce Dane. What's going on, Dane? Hey, how's it going, buddy? It's Peter Griffin here. <laughs> Bobies. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to transition from that, Dane. Uh, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick will be joining us uh, a little later. So for everyone who's like, oh, man, where, where's the whole group? Uh, Joel bailed on us because he sucks. Kanan bailed on us because he sucks. Um, no, uh, they both had something come up. They will be back with us uh, next week. And also, if you guys are wondering why we're at 8 and not at 5, we may be switching some things up. So stay tuned for that. But without further ado, uh, Nick will be calling in a little later. But, Dane, me and you have to talk Teen Titans Go trailer. Uh, it released. We got so many uh, official castings. I believe we have Lil Yachty as Jon Stewart. I believe we have Nicolas Cage as Superman. We have, um, and I would love to see this crossover, we have uh, Will Arnett as Slade Wilson. Um, this movie looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. It uh, doesn't seem like it's meant for our age group, but who cares? We'll still be uh, in there at some point or see it on DVD uh, because it looks like it's a lot of fun. How did you feel? about the official trailer for Teen Titans Go. Um, I liked it, actually. Uh, I thought it was um, pretty interesting. It was cute, you know? I'm going to say that. I know that there is a lot of stingy-ass people out there, and we kind of talked about that before uh, the break, or before we started the show, I should say. The pre-show! Um, but, you know, that just don't like this concept, and I get it. I, I watched Teen Titans. I was a big fan of it. Um, this is definitely not the same concept at all. Uh, this is definitely uh, a lot more, I don't know, it's, it's meant more for children. And part of me says this type of humor and, and what they display on there is definitely not the Teen Titans, which the same animation, obviously not as cartoony, but like, you know, with the, with the actual comic book arcs that we watched back in the 2000s. That was great. And yes, it's the same animation, same cast. So I think it, it kind of stings the wound you want a little bit because they have the same animators working on it. They have the same voice cast, but they're doing more of like a SpongeBob approach. They're trying to get kids into it. And uh, Marvel Heroes had like a show similar to that. I thought Brave and the Bold from Batman and even The Batman was a step down because I was used to Batman the animated series. Uh, but when I figured out what they were was a different stylized version of that story meant for a younger age audience and they were going to get you know exposure to comic books it made me be more all right with it so even like avengers assembled compared to earth's mightiest heroes uh with teen titans i watched a couple episodes i think it's 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 something you can put in the background um 
you know, it's like I said, a very, very much like Rocco's Modern Life, SpongeBob uh, style show, which, hey, like I said, it's, it's not for our age group. Will I go and see this movie probably in the theaters? No. Um, it's just not for me also. It, it, like I said, it's not for my age group. But a lot of interesting stuff. Um, Nicolas Cage finally getting to play Superman. That's kind of cool. And uh, some of the aspects in the trailer of, you know, Robin's mad that <laughs> it's funny because, like, everyone's getting uh, – a, a, it's, very, it's very aware, this movie seems, which I think is, is great. Um, same – same principles to Deadpool at a rated R level compared to a G level with this. But, you know, uh, every DC character is getting something except for Robin and the Teen Titans, which is funny because now they've already said that Nightwing is off the menu for right now, and Titans hasn't even really been talked about besides the television show coming out from Berlanti on the, uh, the DC network coming out. So I guess it wouldn't be a television show, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that it, it's cool, and I like the little jabs back and forth from Marvel and DC uh, via Deadpool and now Titans. Uh, you know, I think that that's healthy. I think that that's funny. So if anything, you know, even though I'll, I'll, maybe I'll catch it. If, if, if someone says it's a very charming movie, uh, like the Lego movie, for instance, or Batman Lego or something to that extent, you know, maybe I'll wait until it, it, it comes to some type of format where I don't have to go see it in theaters, uh, but maybe I'll check it out. Um, I don't think that you know, you're, you're a horrible, lost, loner fan of Teen Titans if you, if you watch this movie. Just, you know, just realize it's just not meant for us. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. And I think the biggest issue is <clears throat> people wanted it to be one thing. And when it refused to be that, they just decided instead of just understanding it and moving on with life and just watching Teen Titans reruns, uh, that they were going to complain every single day. Um, about something that's just not going to change. You have Young Justice coming. Just look look forward to that. Allow kids to have something. Um, we had the original Teen Titans, and it was great for us. Kids nowadays, everything is comedy-driven, so maybe that's something that they cater to. So allow them to have that. I, to me, I just – and then when Lil Yachty got uh, casted as Jon Stewart, people were flipping out like, yeah. it's for kids. You need to get somebody that the kids know. Lil Yachty would be somebody that the kids know. So to me, I think people just make uh, a lot of a lot, a lot to do about nothing when it comes to Teen Titans Go. Uh, Cheo, um, the writer and pretty much creator of Luke Cage, even said on our page, it's a good show if you strip away all your ideals on what you wanted it to be and just watch it for what it is. It's 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 hilarious. Um, I love the trailer. The last I love Jedi. the jabs that they. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I completely agree with you, Dane. Um, I love the Marvel references. I love how Raven called Deathstroke Deadpool. Um, uh, and he went through all the reasons on why it should be reversed. They should call Deadpool Deathstroke. Um, I just love it. I love it. Deadpool was making uh, DC jokes in his movie, Deadpool 2. And out of all the places to see a joke being thrown back at Marvel, I never would have expected Teen Titans to go. Um, so it's super fun. It's so much fun to see them kind of go back and forth and know for the, the idiots out there that are thinking they're doing it to take shots. It's just playful fun. That's all it is. Um, they're just having fun with it. That's it. So don't take it for anything more than that. Just relax. You know what it reminds um, me of, Juwan? It, it's, it, it's like when the celebrities take a crack at each other. Like, you know, obviously these guys are friends. They know each other in Hollywood. But somehow fans have to get so butthurt about, like, 
Jason Momoa putting F Marvel, blah, 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 on a T-shirt or, or, you know, The Rock talking crap or Sam Jackson talking crap, or it's all playful and seems like, honestly, like, every single person, like, Jeff Johns has said, Kevin Feige has said, like, let's not make this a competition. It's about an era of movies. And it's just funny that people have to, like, I don't know, man, get wound up about it. I'm, I mean, I'm saying something that's normal to life nowadays, but – yeah, it's 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 a strange concept. Let me just say that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely with you. I'm completely with you. I think we have Nick on, right? Yep, I'm here. Hey, what's going on, Nick? Boo. Sorry. Fuck you, Dane. <laughs> uh, what's up, Jawan? How you doing, man? I love you. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm glad to uh, have no you much. on. I I definitely want you to tell the audience how much you love. The Teen Titans go through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think y'all pretty much covered it. It's it's not uh, it's not for me. Um, it's it's uh, it's obviously aimed at young children. Uh, in in that respect, I think it kind of hits hits the mark of, of you know what they're going for and, and the audience they're going for. Um, I won't I won't be seeing it. Um, I like Dane. I thought you you brought up something interesting, saying like. Uh, you know, if it's if if you hear you know some some people who you know you trust say that it's charming or whatever, like you you you'll check it out at some point maybe. Um, I mean, I can just I can just tell this like something like the Lego Movie is is like aimed at a broader audience. Like this is a very particular audience. Like this is going to be it looks like to me is going to be for you know squarely aimed at young children, whereas the Lego movie was kind of like something that kids and adults can both enjoy and everything else. I don't really see that in, in this, um, at least for me, at least for me personally. So like, I don't really care. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, you shouldn't complain about just because something is, is, is not particularly your speed. Um, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, Y'all know I don't I don't watch the the DC uh, television shows just not my speed, um, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. And you know y'all like them and that's great. And you know I love something like Legion like that's more my speed. So it's just it, it, it's just different uh, different audiences and catering to different audiences. And you know that's cool. Like Deadpool's not for young kids. But you know it's good that we get it. So you know why not let the young kids have something they can enjoy too? How about how about uh, within this, Nick? Um, the the playful shots um, that we heard Deadpool in, in his trailer kind of make towards DC, and now uh, Reverse going to the trailer for this, they're kind of doing the same thing. Do you think that mm-hmm. that's you know good uh, between companies to kind of just joking around like not? feel weird i mean deadpool technically takes shot at, at fox you know against disney too but yeah. do you think that's good or do you think that's bad and that maybe fans get pissed off about it a little bit too much or w- what's your read on that well, i actually thought it was kind of telling that um like I, I i guess what kanan was saying as far as it it you know as far as deadpool uh the deadpool 2 thing was concerned i mean he he said for the most part from what he could see on twitter that like most most DC fans didn't like it didn't bother them. Uh, the thing is, though, of course, you're going to have some anti DC people who are like, ha ha ha, take that, and then that, you know, 
that that then pisses the DC fans off. So yeah. it, I mean, it's it's I don't think it has anything to do with like is it good or bad that they're jo- making jokes about one another. It's it's more just it, it boils down to. that doesn't matter people just need to not be so serious all the time um and like just laugh laugh a little bit in life and and let shit like that go and if you find it funny good if you don't like okay move on i love it i love it all right well um juan had a uh, run um so i'm going to be taking over for right now and me and nick will keep on going with the trailer talk and he'll be back in a in a second um let's let's move on to the robin hood trailer um you know, Nick, I, I thought this was a very interesting take on Robin Hood. Um, definitely different. I'm a big fan of a lot of the cast members within there, including uh, Taron Egerton and uh, obviously mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx. Uh, it seems like they're going to go for a modernized concept for this. I just don't know personally if we really need a Robin Hood movie. <laughs> and the only reason why is because we had an incredible director – uh, attempt this not too long ago. One of the best actors on the planet, Russell Crowe, uh, Rid- Ridley Scott. Um, and it's not that his movie was bad; it just was slow. And it was kind of during a time period Ridley Scott, even even a movie like an American Gangster, which I liked, American Gangster. I thought at the end kind of got very very slow uh, storytelling wise, and was a little bit too long. Kind of could have. Well, I'm not going to tell one of the one of the best directors you know in this lifetime how to fucking do his movies. But I'm just saying. A lot of his films in that time period kind of lost me. This was one of them, um, and I thought there was good aspects to it, but I just don't think people care about King Arthur and Robin Hood anymore, unfortunately. I think if you did it in an animated format, that could bring someone out, like if Disney wanted to redo something on those lines. But I really just don't think that people are going to care. Uh, I, if you do a story that's based off of Robin Hood, it has the same storyline elements, you admit that up front so it doesn't look like you're you know, stealing the idea of it. Uh, I think that would be more beneficial than trying to, uh, you know, try a new take on the same thing. But maybe I could be wrong. Uh, I think this will definitely prove whether Jamie Foxx and also Tan Egerton are polls to get to the box office uh, mainly. But everything looked really cool, and it made me go, wow, Taron Egerton, I've already said Red Hood. Definitely I've already thought about that with Jason Todd. And now a little bit of um, Arsenal, which is the uh, sidekick for Green Arrow, and maybe even a younger Green Arrow, too. It's, I'd love to get uh, Mr. Egerton in uh, the DC Universe as a character. Or maybe someone in Marvel, too. Maybe a, a furry guy that is an uh, ex-cast member, um, Hugh Jackman and Eddie the Eagle, which if you guys haven't seen that movie, that's a great movie with him in it. Very different role, too. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe a hairy, movie. grunty guy. A Harry Grunty guy. T- Taron's a, a, a good good actor. I'm, I'm basically saying Wolverine. I'm, he can play a lot of different fucking roles superhero-wise. That's what I'm trying to get at, guys. Uh, but, Nick, you heard me ramble just now. Did you get bored about three seconds in, or did you listen and take the whole ride with the roller coaster? Well, I bought the ticket and took the ride, man. It did get bumpy, but uh, but no, oh, no. <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm all good, man. Um, no, I mean, I, I feel you there. Like, that's kind of, you know, what I was going to say as, as well was just like, I don't feel like I, I don't, I, I'm not like super intrigued. I did enjoy the trailer. Um, and from, I only watched it once, but from what I could tell, it kind of seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seems like he's, he's like on the inside, uh, like chasing himself basically. It, it isn't, is it? Is that what you got from the trailer? That like 
he was he was part of the establishment um and and essentially like you, you know uh seemed like almost like he was hired to find himself um i maybe maybe i got something out of it that wasn't there i think that's, you're right that's what it looked, something like I, that that's what it looked like to me yeah um and uh and that's kind of interesting because that's i've, I've never seen the the story told like that before so that can could add a different dynamic that's kind of cool um but uh but yeah i mean all in all like i mean it's pretty much like if if i want to watch robin hood i can go back and watch any of the three robin hoods that i watched growing up whether it be the cartoon men in tights or prince of thieves like i got i got plenty of choices for robin hood i don't i don't really need another one um but uh, I am interested to see Jamie Foxx and if Jamie Foxx does a British accent and if he does it well, if, if that means he can be played, um, because that, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that concept, too. And we'll be talking about another superhero that Jamie Foxx apparently is contention for. But, um, yeah, I think that's, that's mainly it from the trailer. I hope it does well. I unfortunately don't remember offhand when the movie's supposed to be coming out. Uh, but if it's in summer... They might want to keep that away from some of the big blockbusters out. This could be great for August, um, uh, you know, especially towards the tail end of it, to give us uh, some film that creates buzz during the weekend that we found was a really good action film, um, and then we go out and see. And uh, I hope it does do that. Uh, do you have any uh, final statements about this trailer before we move on to the last one, Nick? My 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 worry, my biggest fear is that it's going to be like another King Arthur, um, where it's just it's. It's not terrible, but it's not really that good either. And then you've put a shit ton of money into something and, and just made a mediocre product, and then it's going to just be a big flop. So um, there, there's, like, no – there wasn't a Jamie Foxx in, in that movie, but, I mean, I, there wasn't any kind of actor or draw who was going to save that movie. Uh, so that would be my, my biggest concern, and hopefully – it ends up being, you know, better than that. So we'll see. I like it. I like it. We'll see. All right, let's move on to the last one. This one's a Marvel one. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. I think I feel like because of Infinity War, it's like we're excited about this, but at the same time, it's just not going to be, uh, you know, cleansing our palates, if you will, uh, because of – a lot of people are going to go out and see this and want some type of fulfillment and connection immediately to Infinity War. And I hope that they don't do that because I think this movie, uh, the way that they have put together in this trailer at least, really shows me a fun movie with a lot of stuff that kind of reminded me, I mean, to be honest with you, a little bit, and I think I said this um, last week when they were talking about the production pictures, but uh, a little bit of um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, even though that was obviously a lot more practical, but just great stuff, especially that one scene where I think – the ant is playing, or he's either on, I think he's playing the drums or something like that, like rock band he's drums. He's playing an electric just, drum kit, yeah. That, that's what it was, that's what it was. Well, yeah, and that, that type of stuff is great, and I love the uh, the different style, uh, you know, comedy kind of going around between all the characters in it. and uh, it just It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I know they haven't revealed this, but I'm pretty sure that the concept of this is actually, you know, trying to find Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Uh, I think they confirmed that. I'm not 100% sure, but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I love the addition, obviously, of Evangeline Lilly. Uh, had a huge crush on her. She's awesome, um, awesome actress, loved her in Lost. And uh, I'm looking forward to a fun film that's uh, 
They're going to do some stuff. It looks like, especially with that Godzilla moment at the end where he comes up crashing through the water all giant. Uh, they're going to do some stuff that's different, obviously. And uh, we're going to see a lot more of what we saw in the first one, just kind of, you know, just kind of touch the ceiling, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to like really yeah. find where this character can go within a movie. And that's awesome. And I love Lawrence Fishburne's character at the end of it, them, them comparing their D size. Uh, is basically what they were alluding to, if you guys couldn't figure that out. But how did you feel about it, Nick? Uh, honestly, I was kind of underwhelmed. Um, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of the original Ant Man. Um, it's probably my sixth favorite uh, MCU movie. Um, so it's it's pretty high on my list. I hold it in, in pretty high regard. Um, I and I just I don't know, man. I wasn't really that impressed. I didn't I didn't think the spots where they were seeming to be setting up humor spots were really all that funny. Um, and, you know, I, I w- thought that the first little thing that we got where it was like the, the scene of the, the guy throwing the knife and her shrinking down and then running on the knife and jumping up off the knife, like that, that whole clip I thought was a lot cooler. Um, I do, I agree with you. I do really like the Evangeline Lilly. Uh, she, seems like she's like just such a badass and we've already seen you know essentially what what she can do when she was training uh when she was trained uh training uh scott lang in the first one um so i i think that the the chemistry between the two of them is is probably going to be what really makes this movie um i i'm interested in the in the villain obviously it's not like a well-known villain in fact it's uh Ghost is actually more of an Iron Man villain, um, but I think you know it, it seems like a good choice, uh, and the way that they're setting it up seems interesting. So uh, I, I will definitely be looking forward to that, and I fully expect uh, for this to be the Wasp's movie. Um, obviously, Ant Man's going to be a big part of it, but it really seems like you know they're setting up a female villain. Um, you know, kind of for for her to square off against uh, the movie, like you mentioned obviously has a lot to do with um, uh, her and Michael Douglas trying to find her mother and his, his wife. Um, so I expect, you know, a lot to factor in there. Um, so I, I almost think this is going to be more her movie, and that's what I'm kind of excited about. Um, and I, I am so glad that the crew is back. Um, I didn't think that the humor moments in this trailer really hit home, but I expect uh, their presence in the movie to be felt. Um, and I don't know if you noticed they had their their company's name Dane uh, was XCon, which I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> X Con, like I get it, like that's and, and you know nothing nothing was mentioned, but I'm sure that they'll, you know, there'll be some some little mention of it somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love Luis. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, side characters in any of the movies, and uh, I think um, I think you know, having that, that group of guys back should, should make for some good humorous moments. And, uh, and so, yeah, I look forward to that, but just overall, I just, I'm, I'm excited for the movie. I just was slightly underwhelmed by the trailer, just as, as far as the, the humor, not, not seeming all that great. Um, but Hey, I will say this, I would rather them save the humor for the movie than spoil all of the jokes in the trailers. Um, Marvel's usually pretty good about not showing too much. So, um, 
So it, it's cool, and I'll definitely go see it in theaters. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Now here's the, here's a the big question to to kind of go back into Infinity War, which we're about to start talking about next. Um, with this movie, because you know, like I was alluding to earlier, most people are going to be thinking about the connection. Do you think that this will happen? possibly towards the end of the film in a post-credit scene, or will it have no connection to Infinity War or the events of Infinity War or uh, Avengers 4 at all? What do you think? I I think that it may have a post-credit scene where, you know, essentially something happens uh, and, and, you know, maybe Michael Douglas just disappears or something like that, and that's the connection. Um, but I kind of hope not. I would rather have that connection uh, in Captain Marvel to, like, tie it back in. Like, I'm hoping they just kind of kind of just let this one, like, breathe on its own, if you will. Um, and, any if you know, for whatever post-credit scene they do, they can just, you know, make it one of the more lighthearted ones and not have to be one of the ones that connect to this grander uh, uh scheme of events that's going on. I think I think that would be better reserved for Captain Marvel. Um I know Jawan and I had had talked about uh essentially um showing like say you know either Michael Douglas or 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 maybe even one of Ant-Man or the Wasp disappear. Um but I think it would be more impactful if at the end of Captain Marvel there's a post-credit scene where it's Hawkeye sitting down with his family and he sees his whole family disappear. I would rather go at that angle than have that in this movie and you know have that as the connection. Um and particularly because like when when I think about like going back and like um watching this movie it, like like where I'll watch it, I'll watch it before I watch Infinity War. Like if I if I were to you know put them in any sort of order, um, so I don't need it to have a post credit scene that then ties into Infinity War. Uh, you know, because if I'm if I'm sitting down and watching it, I'm I'm gonna because it takes place before it, I'm gonna watch it before it. You know what I mean? So I I, I kind of hope they just let it let this let this be its its own little thing and, and keep it more connected. Uh, to the Ant-Man, uh, original Ant-Man movie and, you know, basically coming after Civil War and, and, and how that affects Scott uh, and, you know, everybody else involved. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't really need one either uh, with this movie. Now, I will say if they do kind of do something along those lines, even though I know um, – I've gone back and I've seen the pictures of seeing uh, what's his name, the actor that's playing Scott Lang. Oh man, I can't think right now. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just he's already on set, but I would still love to see Scott and Hope be the ones that disappear. Uh, you know, so that at the end of this, the original Wasp and the original Ant Man, Hank Pym. Uh, would go and help out the Avengers in Infinity Four, or or not Infinity Four, Avengers Four, I should say. Uh, so, yeah. you know, if that doesn't happen, I know, like like I just said, I know Paul Rudd has, was on set um, in pictures, but they'll figure it out. It's still a cool concept, and uh, just I guess that's the effect of Infinity War. And uh, you know, going by that, Nick, let's talk about the effect of Infinity War. Did you see? Did you like how I did that? Yeah, um, it was a nice transition. All right, well, the Avengers Infinity War surpassed the billion-dollar mark in just 11 days. 
It also has become the MCU's highest-grossing week two, uh, week two box office performance. Uh, guys, remember it's it's now number one domestically over, uh, I believe, um, the Force Awakens, and also, I mean, DC fans. So, guys, just, just it, it, this is more to show you the magnitude of the situation of how screwed up Warner Brothers has it with Justice League, more so than making fun of it. It's just it's just an actuality. It beat. In the first weekend, the domestic run um, within two days of what Justice League made its entire domestic run in theaters. And it's already beaten very quickly after that its worldwide run. So I understand, obviously, there is a lot of hype in this movie. Uh, it's it's going to get a lot of stuff just because of the fact that it's the biggest story they've told in 10 years leading up to this. But at the same time, if these movies didn't land so well to so many people, and some movies don't land with all people because some of them don't land with me. Some of them don't land so much with Nick. You know, it's everyone has their favorite films out of all the Marvel films that have come out. But what they do is they constantly have produced films that have connected with a large majority of people that have pushed this huge franchise forward. And that's pretty damn impressive. And now Disney's like, well, we just beat our own record for domestic with Star Wars. They have Star Wars too, so you know I, I've seen some um, some memes. Uh, uh, what you call it, um, Nick? Of him or Thanos, I should say, with the Infinity Gauntlet and with the stones. And the stones are Pixar. He's putting in Fox, and then it's uh, Marvel, and I believe yeah, Lucasfilm. And I was joking around saying, since Sony's basically under their thumb, he would be the thumb one, and soon we're going to see DC in the middle of the damn Infinity Gauntlet. I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. Um, phase six, guys. Batman's coming. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about all this? Uh, I think it's it's remarkable that, that this movie has been able to make this much money this quickly. Um, I expected it to do very well. I did not expect it to be breaking all kinds of box office records. And by the way, it's done all this, and it hadn't even released in China yet. Like, it's going to, uh, I mean, pretty much break every single record for everything, uh, which is is truly, truly re- remarkable considering the commitment that you have to have to these characters to go see this film. Um, like, you, you're not going to really enjoy this film if you haven't seen at least like half of of the MCU movies. Um, So I think it's just a testament to kind of what they've been able to accomplish uh, and, you know, uh, how, how, like you said, how well these movies and these characters resonate with with so many people. Um, I, uh, I, I just can't imagine like, like I wouldn't, you know, I, I could go, you know, to my mom or my brother and be like, hey, you know, you, I think you would enjoy sitting down and watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that's just a fun movie. Like, it, you know, them not being comic book movie fans or anything of the sort. I couldn't go to them and be like, yeah, you should check out Infinity War. Like, they're not going to know any any bit of what's going on. Um, so the fact that it's been this successful despite that uh, is, is just truly a fucking testament to... Kevin Feige, uh, all of the people who have, who have made these movies, and essentially Disney and Marvel for, you know, they're following through with, with their ambition and, and Feige's plan, and they're certainly reaping the benefits of it. 
Absolutely. And you know what that means is that there's more that are going to be coming out. And I mean, I can understand this. I've talked to many people and it, there's been a question going on for a while now. Um, it seems like people are trying to anticipate when to anticipate the fatigue in superhero movies, but you know, before Infinity War, I kind of started feeling that a little bit. Um, actually, before Black Panther, I should say. And maybe it was before Justice League, because like I said, until the negative stuff really started overloading it, I actually did enjoy that movie. Um, but, yeah, it just it, – it kind of – like a couple of Marvel films didn't resonate with me as much. I loved Deadpool, and I loved Logan, but, you know, I didn't really know what the hell's going on with Fox because of Apocalypse. And uh, uh, the DC films obviously – spoke for themselves uh, besides Wonder Woman. So it kind of was like, uh, like I was enjoying talking about wrestling more than talking about some of the negative stuff with the superhero movies. And I know like my brother, huge fan, he's kind of eh, like it's, it's kind of that point. But I think when you put on a movie like Infinity War, it, it can light that flame. And these movies, regardless if I jump off, if you jump off, Nick, whoever jumps off, they're going to keep on going for a while. And they're going to keep yeah. on going even if they're not the most popular thing. Uh, they'll still be there making money. And that's great. That's uh, uh, awesome. And I'm just glad that after 10 years of buildup, they were able to put a pretty damn good match together – or match uh, – a pretty damn good uh, movie uh, together for all of us to enjoy with the Infinity War. And I think that everything that's doing, keep on going and take out James Cameron, please. Just do <laughs> it. Just, just, just fucking just do it. Mr. You know, it's, I don't even want to get into it, but I'm just saying, yeah, someone's already bitter. Might as well make them more bitter, you know, just get that whole entire thing going. But um, anyways, uh, do you have any more statements about that before we move on Nick? Nope. All right. Sounds good. Well, we got some more stuff uh, with the Russo brothers, uh, Joe Russo, actually. Uh, he said a couple things, uh, revealed some information. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Joe Russo has confirmed that Gamora is still alive inside the Soul Stone. So I actually have the quote uh, that he, in which he said this uh, when he was asked about it. Uh, Nick, Nick, do you have a, uh, a, you know, a request of a voice you'd like me to do this in? Uh, yeah, Christopher Walken. Oh man, that's that's gonna be hard. Um, <laughs> All right, fine. You, you can do you can do Marky Mark. All right. When asked specifically if Gamora is alive within the Soul Stone, Russo confirmed she in fact is. Yes, it wasn't a tip on our part because we don't like two dimensional roles or three dimensional villains. Every villain is a hero in your own story, and it's insane and psychotic, and as brutal and violent as Thanos is. He's more complex villain if you go on a journey with him emotionally. I'm out of breath. He does care for the... Okay, hold on. <laughs> hey, hold on. One second, one second. Yes, yes. Bravo, <laughs> Dane. That was a oh, very, God. very try... concerted effort. I loved it. <laughs> uh, there is more. I just, when I said I'm out of breath, uh, that kind of fucked me all up. Uh, but basically, yeah, he's, he's confirming that what we saw within that scene um, of when he snapped and then immediately everything went weird. He was in that weird universe uh, that I guess from what he said, um, I'm not going to go through his damn quote again because I want to talk like Marky Mark, but it was purplish and then it kind of turned green when he starts talking to the little Gamora girl. So Gamora apparently is stuck there. <sighs> I 
you know, Nick, I, I could see them honestly bringing her back. And I think I said this beforehand, too, that about of all the uh, the main characters that died pre-snappage. Oh, shoot. I think that we should talk about. Hey, guys, you should have jumped on the uh, boat and gone to Infinity War by now. So just to let you know, if we talk anything Infinity War, we're probably going to forget that we're talking spoilers. So you might want to go see that and uh, listen to us afterwards. But we appreciate your listening skills regardless. Um, either way. But, um, yeah, with Thanos, uh, everyone pre-snap. She might be someone that I think could come back. Um, now, the thing is, technically, you know, with all the Avatar movies she's going to be doing with Mr. Cameron, our best friend, um, uh, you know, she could be out for a while. So this could be like a two-way thing where it made sense to get her out of the movies with her character because she wouldn't be able to film for a while. Maybe her schedule could fill this in. So maybe that isn't true. Maybe she is going to come back. Maybe she is going to be like that role of death kind of uh, that Red Skull kind of had in uh, Infinity War. Maybe she'll have that more so that Thanos talks to her constantly. And maybe she'll get out at the end of it. I don't know. I could see – see, the thing is, like, the, the only way I could see it working is if Peter Quill were to – and he's already dead, so uh, – like give his life for hers or something. There's going to be some type of sacrifice. Maybe Thanos will come around at the end and just be a good guy. I hope not. That would make me really mad. But let's go in a year, and uh, Nick will be like, hey, Dane, do you remember a year ago when you said that Thanos would be a good guy and sacrifice himself to save Gamora all of a sudden? And I'm going to be like, screw you, Nick. But I don't think Nick actually believes that because he's a smart guy. Anyways, Nick, <laughs> talking about you. Anything else? <laughs> How do you feel about all this? Uh, I, I feel like it's good to get for, for them to get out ahead of it and not just like let people wildly speculate if it's true or if it's not true and all that, like good on them for just being like, yeah, she's, she's not dead. Like she's like, it was the sacrifice that he had to make. Um, but you know, in fact, you know, her, her soul resides inside the soul stone. Um, and of course, you know, there's the rumor that everybody who got snapped is also kind of in in the Soul Stone as well. Um, that has not been confirmed yet, but um, but yeah, like it it it's uh, as long as they don't bring back the other three uh, of the main guys who got offed, because I do think there needs to be some stakes to to what we saw, and that would be enough for me. Um, and it, it's you know, it's quite possible that maybe you were kind of saying maybe she she fills that death role. I was kind of thinking more of, like, maybe she fills some sort of conscience type of role uh, for Thanos um, and kind of, like, continuously drives him crazy. Um, and so, I mean, I think that could be interesting. And it could also be interesting if, you know, just because they've confirmed that she's in there doesn't mean they've confirmed that, you know, she'll be in Guardians 3. We're still going to have to, like wait and see and, and watch that play out. But I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, if, if she is indeed trapped in there and, and, you know, has to make some kind of sacrifice of herself um, and, you know, doesn't come back, I would like to have, like, I really would like to have a scene in which she and Peter Quill get a chance to talk to each other one last time before, um, you know, essentially before she goes. I mean, I think one of, kind of one of the big things that, you know, we, I, I guess we're kind of upset about with The Force Awakens was, you know, Mark Hamill, like Luke Skywalker never got a chance to see Han Solo again, you know, and that was 
that was just a bummer, you know. Like I get it as far as for the sake of telling the story, but it was a bummer nevertheless. So if she is gonna go, um, like I I, I want to see that moment where where you know essentially where Peter Quill gets some type of resolution um, to uh, losing you know the woman he loves. So basically, you just want to make a spot in the movie that's going to make me cry uh, like an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I always, I always uh, want to make I, you cry like an idiot, Dane. <laughs> it's, it's a very sexy thing that you can make people do. Cry like an idiot. Uh, it's my new <laughs> album coming out, actually. Uh, I, I play the kazoo um, and do uh, polka jazz. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Cry like an idiot. You guys get ready for it. It's going to bomb the charts. And what I mean by bomb the charts is not going to make it on there. Uh, I think we'll get you on back. Uh, are you ready to buy my album, Cry Like an Idiot? Poke, poke, poke. Um, I honestly thought I was executive producing it, so, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn it. Uh, well, anyways, Juwan, <laughs> well, good to have you back. Uh, I'll pass the question on to you. Um, knowing that Gamora somewhat is alive, uh, at least in the Soul Stone, and that the scene that we saw uh, in which Thanos, after, you know, snapping – he was actually in the Soul Stone talking to baby Gamora. That's at least what Joe Rosu told us. Where do you think Gamora's character is going to go uh, in Avengers 4? And do you possibly think that she is going to come out alive out of the pre-snapped, if you will, characters? Um, I'll say this. The Russo brothers are doubling down on the idea of Avengers 4 is not a continuation. It's an entirely new story that they're telling um, but obviously they're going to touch on where the last one left off, so it makes no sense that it's still not a continuation. But anyway, um, I need this to stick. Um, Nick, uh, I believe, uh, I don't know if you were on that week, Dane, but Nick, I remember telling you I at least needed to see the Black Order destroy someone, and the fact that they didn't, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, if I couldn't get my shine with them, I need at least for a death that I wasn't expecting, even though uh, that was one of my uh, picks was Gamora. I thought that was like a, a, a way out there pick. I thought that was like me just grasping for straws. Um, the fact that she did die and the way that she died, that has to stay. Um, and if you're saying she's alive in the stone, I do not want her to come out of the stone. Uh, if, if that's where she is at right now, um, I to me that just ruins it. I mean, everyone always says Marvel never really um, has like these high these high stakes. You know, the good guys always win, the bad guys always die, and everything's always rosy. So if you think about it, if Gamora, let's just say, if Gamora does get out of the stone and she's in Guardians Three, if you think about it, no one really died <laughs> because we know everyone's coming back. They got snapped. Um, and Vision, uh, if you guys listen closely, Banner and Tony kept saying he's evolving, meaning they can recreate Vision so he's, he's still able to, to exist. Um, and if not, Tony could at least make him Jarvis again at the very least. Um, so if you think about it, no one really died. Well, Loki, but that's not a hero, but no one really died. So to me, that kind of changes how I feel about Infinity War if you don't at least have one of those deaths um, stick. And like you were saying, Nick, if they go the route, uh, you were saying that Dane said, I apologize. If they go the route of um, she's replacing death and maybe she's, uh, Gamora's replacing uh, death and maybe she's going the route of just 
continuously driving him mad, you know, to where she's making him constantly regret doing what he did. Uh, I'm fine with that idea. But again, she can't come out of the stone uh, as she's achieving that. So uh, I'm with you on one end, Nick. I would like it if it's like they do something to where like before maybe the stone blows up or something, uh, Peter like enters it and, and has that last moment with her before she goes. Um, but if she's in Guardians 3, I- I'll really be disappointed because I just feel like it then takes away everything that I thought they were raising the stakes with uh, in Infinity War. Yeah, and you know what I like about that whole concept is it, it seems like, you know, you-, you brought up Vision, too. If if they do it the route that we're talking about, kind of like combination, if you will, that we have uh, her play some type of role that's similar to that where she's driving Thanos crazy, making him feel guilty throughout the whole movie, uh, much like kind of like how death would just pick him apart for him trying so hard to please her, uh, you know, and the mad titan is presented, if you will, more so than ever. I mean, he's already crazy, obviously, genocidal maniac. Half the universe, huh? Uh, anyways, but... um. If we have that, and then maybe at the end, some type of scene where she come, becomes free from it right before dying or something, where she, her and Peter have like one last moment, that would be really great. But I think with Vision, I don't mind if what they do, uh, especially since he's white now, uh, that's a version from the comic books that Joel was talking about last week. If they were to try to reprogram him without the Soul Stone, and because of that, he doesn't have uh, – It's there's no humanity in there, like Scarlet Witch, there's not any of that. I think that it could actually cause some layer of storytelling, especially with Scarlet Witch, that we know potentially in the comic books cause Avengers Dissembled and House of Them with her reality-warping powers. You know, she basically goes crazy because of lots of different incidents in her life. Her brothers died. She lost the man she loves. And now if they get to use that as – now she gets to see him almost on a daily basis at the mansion, but he's he's a robot this time. There's no, they can't get that that part of him back. Basically, that would actually not be a bad concept to go down. Um, but either way, uh, did you did you want to uh, take the conversation going forward, Mister Juwan? Uh, yes, I, I indeed will. Um, I'm. Uh, that was a horrible transition, by the way, by me. I apologize. <laughs> No, that was a horrible what? trend. Uh, that was horrible. You got no, one evening. earlier that was pretty good, and so you were due to fuck one up, Dane. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Nick, did you have anything else to say about uh, what I was saying about, uh, you know, if Gamora does live, like physically live, uh, it kind of takes a, takes away a little bit of uh, the the stakes from Infinity War? Yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately agree. I think it would be interesting to see um, – how how Star Lord deals with with the fact that you know she's no longer with them, um, so yeah, that's why you know essentially what I was saying was you know if if they have like a moment, like just because she's still alive doesn't mean that there weren't won't be essentially the same consequences of her death uh, explored further in in Avengers Four. So that's kind of what I would like to see, um, you know, if I were to pick. And as far as Vision, like. I do like I I I'm not I don't dislike Dane's idea. I just feel like that I would just rather him be dead. I would just rather uh I'd rather him be dead and I would rather uh obviously like Heimdall is dead and I, I hope Loki's stays dead and um 
so like it, it, especially if Gamora if we're gonna if we're gonna keep Gamora we need to lose Vision I agree like you, you fucking at least pick one of those you know because I, I agree with you like Loki's not a hero and Heimdall's not a big enough uh, player for there to really be stakes in that regard. Right. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Thor Ragnarok had more stakes because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it sh- she just straight up, like, decimated all of his best friends, like, right at the get-go, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, plus plus Anthony Hopkins. Um, so, like... She killed uh, I feel like Yeah. So, I, I, I feel like uh, there's there's it would be it would be pretty uh, off-putting to some degree if, if Thor Ragnarok and all of its slapsticky greatness uh, had higher stakes than Infinity War. Yeah, no, I'm with you. The only reason why I would love to see Vision come back is because if Stark dies or retires, um, I know we all agree. Uh, technically, you would say between Shuri and T'Challa, they would kind of step into that Stark role as far as. Uh, you know, the brilliant mind and the money to, to back the team. But I just, I, I always felt as though we've never seen um, Vision done properly. Like, they've always warded him down tremendously. Uh, and I was really hoping that if he was going to die in Infinity War, he had one, like, really dope scene that made us go, man, that's the Vision we know from the comics. So to me, be, before, like, if he's gone, gone, then fine. Like, I, I'm not going to lose sleep about it. But uh, we saw Thor get his actual Thor moment in Infinity War. And I just, I'd love for each character that we might not see going forward to have those, uh, one of those moments. So to me, I, I'd just like to see Vision come back. I really enjoy Paul Bettany and what he's done with Jarvis and Vision. But if he doesn't, whatever. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, we have more talk from the Russos. Uh, Joe Russo has confirmed Venom is not part of the MCU. Uh, Dane, I saw you when you had posted this. I believe you had posted this, um, or you had commented on it, rather. Uh, you said, um, would Joe Russo truly know if Venom would be uh, a part of the MCU? And if he did, would he honestly tell us? Um, the reason why I think he is speaking from truth is because we know these directors, they usually say, I have no idea. Like, Venom's not in Avengers Infinity War or Avengers 4, and that's all we're a part of. So as far as that's concerned, we have no idea. Anytime, and this is just my opinion, anytime I feel like the directors or Kevin Feige definitively say no, it's because at this moment, no, he's not going to be in the MCU. But um, that could change after October. Um, but, Dan, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on Joe Russo uh, pretty much confirming that Venom's not a part of the MCU? You know, I have to be honest with you. It doesn't make me worried one way or the other. Um, I think that there's a good possibility, uh, and I know that this is going to suck for a lot of people to get over, and it it took me a while too, but we might have a universe, at least temporarily, built in Sony that's a little bit darker, a little bit more possibly rated R, if you will, uh, if they want to keep on doing that with Morbius and and the movies that they have coming out afterwards. Uh, but it might not be attached to the MCU at all. I think still that you could have such a loose attachment as Spider-Man being the only thing that connects it, um, much how 
the te- television universe is to the actual movie universe. Obviously, Pew Mutter and Kevin Feige don't get along. Well, Amy Pascal and him are working together on this. I understand that it's you know, not the smartest thing to hope that they do well, and I agree with Nick's theory with all this that you know, they're waiting to see how this movie does, how it, how it works. But if it's at a, a level that's not Disney, uh, and that is you know, true, it's the same thing that we're worried about with Deadpool once, the, you know, once Marvel acquires Fox. Uh, it just we don't know how they're going to handle that type of character and want any type of involvement on that level. Now, once again, look what they're doing with the Netflix stuff, and it's still a little bit connected to the MCU itself. So, I mean, you can look at it both ways. Punisher was pretty damn brutal, uh, if you ask me. So you can still have Venom. Now, if it's crap, then there's going to be that it's stopped right there. So I think there is potential in the next couple of years, but we could – have a universe built with Venom kind of being the Spider-Man, if you will, with a lot of characters that we're used to that might not cross over to the MCU. And these are characters that even maybe Kevin Feige's not interested in the first place. I don't know that. I hope that we have more. I kind of would be like, screw it, connect the animated one and let Miles Morales be the Spider-Man, you know, and let it take place later on. But I know a lot of people don't want me to talk on that concept either, but you can make two different universes and really have something cool going on uh, over at Sony with uh, what they're doing. So um, I have no idea. I'm very excited about a lot of the projects going on over at Sony, but I wish there was a connection. I really do. And now that there was, I think that Funko pop uh, venom that was released, it still had the spider symbol, which could just be them, you know, putting that on there because it's known in the comic books or there's a reason for that. So I don't even know if, we're saying 100% Peter Parker's not going to have any type of involvement or we're not going to see him on news or something. You know, they wouldn't tell us regardless. I think that's the biggest thing is that even if the Russo brothers know that it is true and that there is maybe a crossover and they've developed this for the last year and just kept it on the hush, they're not going to tell us anyways. So. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think, because uh, we said this at the top of the year, I think we even said this not long after we, uh, you know, <laughs> we felt comfortable in the fact that the Venom movie was actually going to happen. And it wasn't just Sony trying to uh, rush to do something that was just going to fizzle out. Um, we even said a lot that Sony's trying to do rides on this Venom movie. So if you're telling me that a Venom universe, uh, exists with just Sony, so where you get Venom vs. Craven or Venom vs. Uh, Doc Ock or whatever. Uh, to me, I just feel like if you're Sony, you're grasping. Um, you know, to me, let Venom be a home run, and then you go to Kevin Feige and you tell him, listen, let's make the same kind of deal we made for Spider-Man, to where we share the character. Um, you know, obviously you can't use Venom or, you know, anything for promotional use, um, but he's in your universe. To me, Venom only needs to exist in Spider-Man's world. Like, I know a lot of people were, were liking the idea of possibly getting um, of possibly getting Venom, like, interacting with uh, the Guardians or something like that. To me, I don't ever need that. Uh, to me, I only need Venom, like, a really good interpretation of Venom interacting with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Um, but, Nick, what are your thoughts on the Russos pretty much saying Venom is a no-go in the MCU? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty much with you guys. I think it's just a wait-and-see thing. Um, I think we talked about this last week. Kevin Feige, he's not going to – he's not just going to be like, yeah, it's all under the same roof. 
when, you know, he's 19, 19 movies in uh, now and has pretty much had at least reasonable success with all 19 of them. Um, he's just not going to take that risk. I think that was, you know, a, a big part of the deal with uh, with Sony and Spider-Man was like, like look, you let us use the character, um, like in our Avengers movies, you let us pr- like essentially create and produce your movies for you, and you get to keep the back cheese, you get to keep the money off the you know crazy amounts of money that you're going to make by letting it exist in our, our already built universe. But, you know, make no mistake, Kevin Feige and, and Marvel are in charge of, of the... Uh, Spider-Man movies. They they were in charge of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, they just didn't make the money off of it. So, but that was part of the right. deal. So, right. like, yeah. I mean, I just I, I I don't I just don't feel like Kevin Feige is comfortable um, in in going down a path in which you know essentially Sony is now making movies that are piggybacking off of his universe that he doesn't really get a say in. Um, so, like, I think you have kind of figured out the best way that it can tie into one is, is basically in saying you make a good Venom movie and it makes a shit ton of money and then you go to Kevin Feige and you say, all right, like let's let's see if we can restructure this deal to where you can keep Spider-Man longer uh, and we can get, you know, get a milk a little bit more out of the Spider-Man franchise than just having Spider-Man movies that you make every once every two years. Um, I think that's definitely a possibility but it certainly hinges on, on venom doing well but i i do think as of now that it's it's not connected to the mcu so i i do feel like uh joe russo isn't isn't being uh facetious uh, in his response there yeah i mean it's just it's one of those things where it's just like when he said that you know venom isn't in it it was just like okay cool i don't think any of us really honestly deep down thought he was in it at this moment. Uh, we, like I said, we've always been saying it's a wait and see. You have to make, uh, you have to, Kevin Feige seems like he wants to wait to see that Venom does well uh, and the response as well. But also I look at it like this, guys, before we move on to our next topic. Um, I think Kevin Feige, because he even said, like, let's say that this Fox deal comes through. It was going to be a while before he even started to, to dig deep into those characters. I think what's on his mind right now is I drew out a map of everything I wanted to do from the first Iron Man movie all the way to right now and somewhat past, uh, you know, Infinity War. So it's like he doesn't want to put too much on his plate to where it's like, all right, well, people are dying to see Fantastic Four shake Iron Man pants, so let me rush this. He's like, no, just let everything play out. Let me finish what I'm doing here with these characters, then I'll gradually work everyone in. Um, so saying Venom's not in the MCU right now is like, yeah, I don't think anyone thought that, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it'd be more definitive if he said Venom will never be in the MCU. And I don't think that that's something, uh, anyone's going to say at this moment because that could very likely change at any given moment. Um, so I'm hoping that that's the case, that he just wants to work through what he's doing now. And once everything's done, he can start to introduce more characters, and then, you know, before we know it, we'll see Tom Holland squaring off with Tom Hardy's Venom. Um, did anyone have anything else to add? I didn't want to cut anyone off before I moved on to the next topic. Nope. nope. All right, Dane. All right. Let's move on to the next topic, one that I think I'll be 
I'm saying pretty much the same things about. Um, Ryan Reynolds recently stated that he's not sure if Deadpool 3 will happen, but does see the character as part of the X-Force movies going forward. Um, I don't really know what to think about that. Uh, I think if this Fox deal does go through, um, I, I just, in my mind, I always envision the X-Men universe in, in whole would be separated from the current MCU that we know now. And no, by that, by that I don't mean like Sophia Turner and that cast would still be a part of uh, the X-Men universe. I just meant if Kevin Feige is going to reboot it, I think he would be more comfortable letting the X-Men, X-Men universe and the Deadpool universe exist on its own for that moment. Uh, and then gradually work the two of them, uh, you know, that Fox universe in with the MCU. Um, Deadpool 3 to me was always something that I thought um, would completely depend, and I know this is like not news, but would depend on what Deadpool 2 does. And when I say that, I don't mean that, you know, because that's obvious. I mean that because Deadpool 1 set the bar so high. It'll be interesting to see if Deadpool 2 comes anywhere near it. Um, enough to warrant the studio to go, okay, um, let's go through this again instead of just creating new stories. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Reynolds thinking that Deadpool 3 won't happen, uh, but him being somewhat sure that the character would at least exist in the X-Force movies going forward? Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was kind of interesting in his statement because he wasn't really talking about Disney um, it, it, like, I think he has talked about that, um, but in this particular quote that I read, he was more just referring to, um, essentially uh, saying that Deadpool, like, his own story arcs are so, like, connected to tragedy, and he was like, I'm just not sure how many times you can ring that bell before it gets old. So, right. essentially, by going, by, you know, doing Deadpool 2, setting up the X-Force, and then just doing X-Force movies, you, you don't have to make story arc uh, be the main focus of any particular X-Force movie. It can, the, your stories can revolve around a bunch of different things that can keep, uh, essentially keep it intriguing, um, and he will obviously be the, the driving factor in those movies. Um, but uh, the story doesn't necessarily have to revolve around his character, and i.e. doesn't have to focus... Uh, so much on the tragedy that is uh, Deadpool in in a lot of his you know different comic runs and stories and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, in that sort of sense, I I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, I, I know we love our trilogies, um, but you know, I mean, if we if we get two solid Deadpool movies and then get you know three or whatever solid X Force movies and that's the way they want to go as far as how they want to tell the stories. Uh, I'm cool with that. Like they're already going like bigger on, on this one, obviously with, you know, the, the various characters and, and cables being worked in and everything else. Like, I think it might honestly be a, a little more fun just to focus on X-Force movies. And then maybe you can come back and do a Deadpool three somewhere down the line. Um, but I mean, if you're introducing cable and you've got Domino in there and you've got all of this, like, time travel, you know, uh, traveling to different, like, multiverses and everything else. Um, like, you know, don't, don't, don't pigeonhole yourself in being like, well, you know, Deadpool's the one, you know, that, that's the name that people know and everything else. Like, 
they're using Deadpool 2 to set up X-Force. So if that's the route you want to go and you want to focus on X-Force movies instead, and if that's what Ryan uh, thinks would be the most intriguing for exploring the Deadpool character, I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, and I'm glad you brought it into proper context. Um, I, I'm with him in the idea of you can't keep going back to that, that same story. And honestly, I don't think when we got the official uh, notice that we'd be getting a Deadpool movie, like just the first one, that we thought it would go 3D. Um, so, yeah. so the fact that it could go too deep and the two movies are just, you know, amazing, I'm fine with that end it, and then do X-Force movies. To me, Deadpool is a character I want to see stretched beyond just his own movies. Um, so if you're telling me you can do X-Force movies or maybe get Hugh Jackman for a one-off to do uh, Deadpool versus Logan, or just, you know, as it, much as you can spread that character, spread them, because I think you can get more and develop better stories doing it that way than just saying, all right, here's your solo, here's your solo, here's your solo. Um, So I agree with you, Nick. And, again, thank you for bringing that into the proper context. Um, Dane, what do you have to say to what Nick just said, and what are your thoughts on Ryan Reynolds' comments about Deadpool 3 and uh, X-Force? I mean, I I agree with Nick in in the way he's saying it. uh, You know, with Deadpool, uh, story-wise, I think that makes sense too, but I think – even if you can't find a lot of great stories and keep on doing this whole entire concept over and again, I really still have no idea if the first Deadpool was just magic in a bottle. Like I have no idea if it's, the second one is going to do as well. And I think it's going to do pretty damn well, but I mean, we don't know that and we don't know how good it is compared to the first one. Like there's a lot of pressure on this movie. It was any movie where the first one, any sequel, I should say where the first one's so highly received, it's very, very hard to live up to that. So is there enough want now after this movie for a third one? Um, that's what we're going to have to find out. I like the idea of him in X-Force. I just feel kind of like <sighs> Fox has this thing where they, they centralize on one character. It was Wolverine. Now Deadpool has made a huge splash. It is now Deadpool, where they will keep on going to that well, and they don't have a lot of time. Um, regardless, if he was referring to, you know, uh, a lack of storytelling with the character, or not a lack of storytelling, but like a similar pattern with each one, and trying to keep on doing that uh, with the third movie, they have a couple years until those merger is going to be done. Um, you know, if Kevin Feige says. Uh, with the characters involved with the MCU. And yes, I'm going to include Deadpool in this because we don't know 100% if that's going to happen. I understand they make money, but we're hoping the second one is going to do well. We should talk about it after that movie makes its box office on whether or not that's a good enough reason. Uh, Because like I said, Phase 4 is not going to involve X-Men characters, Fantastic Four, but Phase 5, which is going to be three or four years if you go by the rate of how many years per phase it was beforehand. So even four years, maybe even five years tops. After that, I know they're going to keep on pumping out these movies. I really am looking forward to New Mutants. I'm looking forward to the Doctor Doom movie from uh, the guy that made uh, the Fargo television show in Legion. I'm looking forward to a lot of the projects that are going on. Phoenix, possibly Phoenix 2, if they don't try to wrap it up with this one. But it seems like they're going to be on borrowed time. And even if, like, say, Phoenix doesn't – even if people – Deadpool 2 does a pretty damn good amount, we like these characters. We want to see them going forward. Kevin Feige is the person that has to say, yeah – 
somehow will figure it out and bring these ones over. And I don't see that happening to me. And beforehand, I, even if Phoenix is extremely well and and it's a really great movie and it gets second part, it's also really well. And they do a great job. I kind of want Marvel to be able to cast who they want. And uh, if you guys need any ideas, I did a fan cast on our page on geek vibe. So if Marvel, if you're listening, I know the actors for each character. I'm just saying, I know what I'm doing, but (laughs) <laughs> just seriously, we have five. We have up to five years tops. I think we're playing with, so they're going to pump out a lot of movies. But we don't know what's going to translate. Regardless, once this deal has happened, even with Deadpool is a weird character that's very up in the air. I don't know if they would it, say it doesn't do well, basically, or or as well as Fox is hoping. And and Marvel gets note of that with the second one. I don't want it to happen, but I'm just saying, you know, hypothetically. Would Marvel want to try to still produce a rated R character that's that vulgar within their style of movies, even if they try to, like, put it off on a different type of, uh, you know, brand they have that's not Disney per se? You know, maybe Touchstone or something like that. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, You know, we just have to hope that it's that good in order for that to happen. And, yeah, I want to see Deadpool around, and I think he still could have a presence around. If anything, keep those core characters, the X-Force – and kind of just make it so meta that they're a part of all of it for some reason and just maybe never do a crossover. It's okay. Still be a part of it. Uh, I kind of want them to recast Colossus and a lot of the other characters, though. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, and I know I, I think I understand exactly what Ryan Reynolds was talking about, but there is a lot of stuff going on with the future of Deadpool anyways because of this merger. Yeah, no, I completely understand where you're coming from, Dan. My biggest thing is uh, – in. I'm kind of saying this in, in, in the moment, but I feel like Deadpool is something that if you want to continue, I'd like to kind of see in Netflix. And if you keep the core group of actors that you have. I would love that. Deadpool I'm just universe, saying. That would be awesome. I feel, like, I feel like there's no one that feels as though they're too good for Netflix. Like Zazie Beach, she's still trying to, you know, grow her brand. Um, the guy that plays Dopinder, he's been in a few movies, but I don't think he's at a at a point where he's above Netflix. You know what I'm saying? So I think you could take uh, those characters and still tell more stories, whether it's X-Force or just Deadpool, in Netflix. And I think they'd be more comfortable doing that because under the actual MCU banner, maybe they're not comfortable with – because a lot of parents, they see the Marvel logo – and a lot of times don't pay attention that not all Marvel movies are meant for kids. So maybe Kevin Feige likes the idea of, of not having things of that nature on the big screen. Maybe that's why we don't see Punisher, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage ever interact in the movie universe because he's comfortable with, uh, you know, characters that, that need that R rating being on Netflix. So if you're telling me Deadpool gets, you know, whether it's on the Marvel streaming service or Netflix, I think I'd be a lot more comfortable with that going forward. And you can tell a lot more stories doing it season-based than just a movie that has to come out every two years or something like that. So to me, that's where I, I'd feel more comfortable with it going. Um, if, you know, when this deal goes through and it's now officially back under the banner, put it on Netflix. Uh, but before we move on to the next topic, I wanted to ask you to um, – Nick and Dane, uh, Nick, I'll start with you. Would you be okay with that aspect, or would you rather just not have any more Deadpool movies than to have it on Netflix? 
Uh, well, I think it would have to be Hulu because um, Disney doesn't. Uh, they pretty much, from what I've read, you know, their their Disney streaming service is going to be like kid friendly, and anything that doesn't go on there would go to Hulu because um, they okay. do own own part of Hulu. But it's the same difference. I mean, it's the streaming service is what you're getting at. Um, right. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I would be okay with that, and I think they would they would do that. I don't think Kevin Feige, um, I don't think he would be stupid enough to not continue to make Deadpool properties, whether it be Deadpool or X Force, if they're as successful as they are. Um, my guess would be if they purchase 20th Century Fox, they'll still there will still be a 20th Century Fox, and you would just produce those movies out of that studio. Um, so you know, like your 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 Deadpool franchise, uh, basically, um, and you know if they decide to spin off any other sort of uh, you know R-rated Marvel properties, they would probably be released under 20th Century Fox banner, um, just just for uh, you know essentially not having those released under the Disney banner. Um, but no, I mean I I fully expect those movies to to stay around. Um, I just I think it's just too too impractical of a business decision for you not to, um, especially because they are so well received and because you can uh, you can let that team go off and do what they do. Um, you don't and you don't have to worry about it connecting to the MCU. So um, and like Dane said, like it can be it can still exist in the in that same universe and and just never have a crossover. So that's also a possibility. Right. Um, but I mean, I certainly wouldn't mind it being a, a show either. I mean, it would it would be kind of cool, like to get even more of the character. And I do think you're right. I, I mean, I think Josh Brolin would probably be the toughest person to to get for you know that. But you don't necessarily have to have Cable in all of them, like so. Right. You know, there's there's that as well. Um, but and I and 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 just in general, I think Ryan Reynolds loves the character too much. I don't think it would matter to him what medium it was it was on. So, as long yeah. as he got them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm with you. He just wants them. Um, Dane, uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, and, and don't get me wrong, even on that topic, I love Ryan Reynolds, but he was kind of having a little bit of a, a dry spell until Deadpool came along. So I'm sure he wouldn't be like, no, I don't want to do his character anymore because it's on Hulu. Sorry. You know, I think <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is smart on that aspect. But, yeah, I – I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I think that you know Nick kind of nailed it on the head, and it's kind of like what I'm saying too. It's the the movie with Deadpool two, and I hope it does really well, and I hope it's awesome. But it has to be successful. It's got to show that it's a franchise that, that Disney should think about still continuing, even though it's not exactly their style. Under whatever wagon they want to fuck, you know, they want to do it. Uh, just just try to incorporate that and then we can have more we can have X-Force movies that keep on maybe having him in it and going on within the whole Disney um, Marvel type of concept but yeah that's that's to me because if it's not as well received it doesn't make you know I mean even if it makes it's, it's going to make a crap ton of money so I doubt this is going to happen I'm just kind of trying to like bring it down to just the what if factor that if it doesn't do that well then maybe yeah the streaming service concept is even better and I don't think that any of them would be against that. I think that that would still be up their alley and you could still really exploit Deadpool and people will check it out. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping that this movie, because the first one was Tim Miller. It's a different director, even though I like him with John Wick. There's a lot of stuff that's in the air for it. 
So we got to find out, obviously, by viewing it, uh, whether it keeps on building that legacy that the first Deadpool set down for, for being a rated R film and making that much money. So I hope that by by the time this, this, this whole Disney uh, with the Fox property buyout situation is finalized, that they're continuing to making great money with that franchise specifically, and that gives reason for Disney to keep on going with it in some format. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. And again, as I see the marketing and everything that Ryan Reynolds is doing for this movie, even getting Brolin to, to join in on it. How about Celine Dion? Exactly. That was beautiful. That's what I'm saying. I don't want a future to where we don't have any Deadpool. So I'm with you. If we can get it on any medium, let, let's just do that. Um, but someone has to do something with Deadpool. You can't just let this character go. Um, but let's move on to something that is somewhat of a head-scratcher to me, but um, I'm pretty sure Dane and Nick will uh, further explain it to me so it makes more sense. Um, Jamie Foxx has reportedly been offered the role of Spawn in Todd McFarlane's reboot. The reason why I said this is a head-scratcher to me, uh, and I know you guys definitely can um, update me if I'm a little bit out of touch here. Uh, Last time I remember hearing something about this Spawn movie, Todd McFarlane was trying to pitch an idea of a million dollar budget. And that was the last thing that I heard. Uh, I hadn't been checking for this movie. Uh, I'm not necessarily uh, racing to go see a Spawn movie. Um, so th- that was the last thing I remembered. So when I heard that he was going after Jamie Foxx, I was like, but most of your budget would be paying just Jamie Foxx. So it's like, all right, what is the budget for this movie? Um, and what exactly are they trying to do before you go get someone like Jamie Foxx? Because to me, Jamie Foxx's last few movies have not been that good. I saw Sleepless. Um, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't as bad as people were making it sound. Uh, it was pretty good. The story could have been a lot better. Um, but Spawn could be something that would be a huge, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say launching pad, but a huge, like, lightning bolt uh, to Jamie Foxx right now. So I don't want it to just be something that they're thrusting in there for him to do because he's a big name. Um, But, Nick, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Todd McFarlane even looking at the uh, direction of Jamie Foxx for the lead role of Spawn? I think it's interesting. Uh, From from the report that I read, apparently Jamie Foxx wanted to play the character back in 97. Um, Mm. And then – and then apparently wanted to play the character when there was the talk about it coming, getting off the ground, um, you know, maybe five, ten years ago, something, <clears throat> something like that. Um, so it's a, it's a character that uh, Jamie Foxx has had interest in uh, portraying in the past. So, you know, if, if he's still got the interest, I think he's a big name. I think he could, uh, I think he could certainly do it. Um, and you know, I mean, that would be a huge get for them. And I, I mean, I like Jamie Foxx a lot. I, I think if you can get a guy like that who, um, you know, not only is a big name but also has expressed interest in portraying the character before, um, then that would be great. Uh, you know, that'd be awesome. That'd be kind of just the thing, the right kind of thing you need to maybe, you know, get a studio to be like, okay, like we saw what Fox was willing what kind of budget Fox was willing to throw at a Channing Tatum Gambit movie. Like, uh, I'm not saying you're going to get that because, uh, you know, uh, the 
for for various reasons. But but nevertheless, uh, if you can land Jamie Foxx, maybe you can maybe you can carve yourself out a much bigger budget. Yeah, uh, but to me, I thought the budget that McFarlane was referring to was a budget he wanted to have, not a budget that was given to him. So that's what I was saying. That I was just super confused. Like Jamie Foxx is going to warrant well more than a million dollars. So it's like oh, yeah. if your budget's a million dollars, <laughs> you can't even. Start there goes your budget. Yeah, I don't think you can. budget. I don't. I don't think you can make a Swan movie for a million dollars. I'm just going to throw that out no, there. No, I, I completely you, agree. I completely. I think agree. you would Go need ahead, about man. fifty million, um, and that would even be a, a, a low budget. What Deadpool was. Sixty-ish million dollars for right. for the first Deadpool. Right. Um, well, I think you Spawn, need. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm just going to say I I think you need at least fifty million dollars for a Spawn movie, um, and that would even be like I I feel like ideally you would be trying to shoot for a hundred million dollar budget, um, but I don't know. I don't I don't recall reading that report, so I'm not I'm not familiar with him having said he wanted a million dollar budget. Well, uh, Dane, correct me if I'm wrong. That was I, I think he went live, or it was an interview he had with someone that he was saying, uh, this is back when he was first uh, talking about he had a finished finish script. Um, and, again, I could be wrong. Um, but, like I said, I haven't been following this enough. I thought I saw that report somewhere. Um, that he was saying <laughs> he was going to see if he could do this movie for a million dollars. And what I thought was, Man, he must have the guy uh, that created uh, Iron Fist and the Inhumans. Uh, because if you think you can <laughs> do a budget for that much, uh, you're not looking to do much. And I agree with you, Nick. Fawn alone, visually, is going to warrant like <laughs> fifty, uh, at least fifty million dollars just to get that look like completely done properly. Um, yeah. And then again, a million dollars. Like, where's your location going to be? Everything's going to be fought in a, in a warehouse. Like, I, I don't know. A lot about that just makes no sense. Uh, but Dane, um, back to the, the topic at hand. What are your thoughts that Jamie Foxx wanting the role of uh, Spawn for this reboot? All right. So the article I found uh, said that uh, Blumhouse, the budget that was worked out with them. I don't know if he originally claimed that before it went to Blumhouse, but it was between ten million and twelve million is what they're looking to do. And what he's saying is that he's working with Blumhouse on aspects of practical effects, and the concept of Spawn within this will be more of a horror character uh, that's kind of perceived in the comic books a little bit, in which that when he goes after the bad people, I mean, he not only kills them, but he kind of stalks them. Batman-esque, but perceived like as a horror movie character, you know, in this adaptation that he's doing, uh, that he's working with Blumhouse, and he wanted to like put as much money uh, in the vein of Jaws and the Exorcist is what he compared it to. Like, so how much money they put in those movies? Uh, so, I mean, the concept sounds cool, but I even want to go. And I mean, if you go to ten to twelve million, I mean, you can afford, I guess, Jamie Foxx. I don't know how the hell much he would. You're not going to have a lot to go into effects, which is what I think all of us are talking about. Um, right. But, I mean, if they have a version where it's more horror in mind, I just don't see Jamie Foxx wanting to do this version of the character. Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, you've got to understand that this is an uh, – I mean, he's an Oscar winner uh, for Ray, but he has kind of, you know, not as been as steady as he was. Um, I loved him in Baby Driver, though. I thought that he was yeah. very aggressive and showed some damn good layers as a bad guy in that movie. 
Um, but with this being like a more of a horror movie that's budgeted and more practical effects, maybe maybe he still would want to be a part of it. I have no idea. It, you know, it, it was very weird when Tom McFarlane was explaining it in the first place. But this also seems like an article, guys. And I mean, this happens all the time where like one of the bigger A-lister actors is apparently attached to this. And then a week later, they're like, uh, I have no idea. I've, I've learned about it literally from the Internet. And it turns out they're not bullshitting. You know, it's not one of those, like, wink, wink, none of those, like, I don't know. It's like, no, I'm not, I, I don't even know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about. But maybe with this intrigue in the past, there is something there. Um, I just had, I had a lot of people, uh, you know, me guys, I like to go and fight trolls and shit. But uh, on the Marvel pages that were pissed off about this concept. And a lot of them, I mean, I understand where you'd want Michael J. White back, but that's not going to happen. You've got to realize that you, you keep on going. You change up stuff. And I get that. But let, let's get, get one thing straight. Uh, Jamie Foxx is one of those actors that prove that certain comedians, they just have that emotional range where later on they can display it in a way and do incredible acting. And Will Smith was gifted with that. Jim Carrey was gifted with that. Robin Williams obviously will be one of those guys, and he's also gifted with that. And I think that he has a hell of a lot more potential, so I would love for this to happen. And Blumhouse has been doing really friggin' well lately with their movies. They have a small budget, and they turn into an awesome film. So, you know, kudos to this concept. I'll be down is what I'm saying, but I have no idea if this whole story is bullshit in the first place. Yeah, I think we're it all – It sounds weird. That if- I think we're all in agreement that if Jamie gets it, we're, we're completely fine with it. He's one of one of the more perfect fits for that role. It's just a lot of questions around everything else. Uh, it's where we're kind of like, eh, let's just wait and see. Um, I'd be curious around when this Robin Hood movie comes out, uh, you know, and obviously he starts doing press, he's going to be asked that. And it's going to be interesting to see if we either have official casting by that point or if he gives us an idea on if he's even had a conversation uh, about it, because uh, you're right. Sometimes uh, names get attached to things and then they go, we have no idea. I mean, for the longest people were like army hammer is green lantern and army hammer kept saying, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. No one has called me to ask me to be Hal Jordan. Um, So it could definitely be something like that. I mean, fans created that theory. Um, So this is a little bit different. Uh, because the actual guy involved is saying, you know, he would love for Jamie Foxx to uh, to get the role. So it, it's really interesting, and it's going to be fun to see. To me, uh, I just want um, Spawn to be done right. I know Jamie Foxx would give his all to do that role correctly. Um, it's just everything surrounding it. Like, even if you're saying you want your budget, what were you saying, Dane, 10 to $15 million? 10 to 12 10 to 12 To me, I think Jamie warrants at least $5 million. At least, at least. Um, so it's like you, you definitely have to up that tremendously. And if you're going for a horror base, uh, I'm fine with that. But it's like, I, I don't know. A lot about that we're going to have to, like, just wait and see. But Jamie Foxx would be the perfect guy to take on uh, as, as Spawn. And you're right, Dane. Michael, was it, Jay White? Um, I don't think there was any reality that uh, we'd live in that they would go back to him not saying that he w- didn't do well for what he did, but it's like if you want to reboot Spawn, you have to reboot it with somebody that the general audience who's never heard of Spawn 
would be interested to come and see. And Jamie Foxx is the perfect name. Uh, just like I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, David Harbour uh, is Hellboy. A lot of people have seen him from yep. Stranger Things. So that's the perfect guy you want to go and grab to, to relaunch uh, something that we had just seen from someone who did a really good job. Um, so I'm completely with Jamie Foxx getting this role. I hope they approach it the same way they approach Hellboy uh, to where you're giving it everything you have and you have to approach it as if this next Hellboy movie could be the last Hellboy movie you're allowed to make. Uh, approach it like that. And we saw the visuals for that movie. David Harbour, well, first of all, he kind of looked exactly like Ron Perlman the first time. Uh, but David Harbour looked jacked. He looked jacked and he looked like uh, exactly what we wanted Hellboy to look like. So as long as we get the same feel from Spawn, from whoever's playing him, uh, I'm on board. You guys know my pick is... Um, uh, Amari Hardwick, I think is his name, uh, who plays Ghost yeah. in Power. Uh, that that was always that's always been my pick. I'm fine with Jamie, but that guy to me, from, especially from what I saw from the show Power, he would be an amazing uh, spawn. Uh, but I don't want to harp on that too too much. Uh, that's just me fan casting again. Uh, let's move on to something that I've been waiting to geek out all week uh, about. And that Hasbro has purchased the Power Rangers property from Saban for $522 million. Dane, you were one of the, the first people that were just immediately starting to create like a thousand different scenarios on what they could do with the Power Rangers now that um, Hasbro has, has purchased them. Um, first thing I thought was Megazords versus Transformers would be dope. Power Rangers themselves versus G.I. Joe would be dope. Uh, I immediately just started just grasping at straws <laughs> for different things I could see uh, the Power Rangers kind of like blend in with. Um, but the biggest thing I wanted to ask you guys was, do we see them taking the same cast from that last Power Rangers movie that I didn't think was horrible um, and expanding upon that? And, Dan, I'll start with you. I will actually say I didn't think – like I thought Power Rangers and parts of it just lob fell apart, but I thought the cast and the actors they picked, all of them, especially, a, I'm really, really starting to enjoy uh, Darcy Montgomery. Uh, he also played in Stranger Things. He was the uh, douchebag older brother in season two. Uh, I think that he's got a lot of chops, and I thought a lot of the kids did. So as far as the cast, I'd like to see that happen, but um, I just don't honestly see them doing anything uh, with that, that cast. If they, if they do something, if, if this is all part of this all spark production company that's happening with Hasbro and also partnered up with obviously Paramount and what they're doing is they have transformers. They have, uh, they have mask, which is an old eighties, uh, cartoon. They have, um, Rom the Space Knight, they have the Micronauts, they have GI Joe's a huge thing and, and beast wars. And now, Ninja Turtles, which is not technically Hasbro, but Paramount does those movies as well. It's been a part of the same production company. And now we're talking about Power Rangers. I mean, you're talking literally about all the things I played with as a kid. Here's the thing that I could say is good about it, is that now it's not in the same time period of the Michael Bear era, if you will. This is, you know, he's not going to be doing apparently, apparently, let's hope, the next Transformers movie. They're, they're, they're restarting it with this AllSpark uh, pictures thing using that the writing team that they have and going forward with it. So if that's the case, I don't think that we have 
too much to worry about as far as if they're going to get great creators. We have to hope that basically they're not going to pull a DC, obviously, too. But great, great writers, great directors on these projects. You could probably have a shared universe. Then I look at Universal, and they had all that potential with the monsters, and right off the start, it just did not work out. I don't know if the shared universe thing is as easy as you know people might perceive it to be, but the concept of having all these characters, I mean, minus He-Man and fucking Thundercats, you're talking about literally my whole childhood with Power Rangers and everything. I mean, it's, it's crazy that they might all interact in some type of overall universe. Um, but I, I, I think that, you know, if they're going to do the Power yeah, Rangers yeah. exactly what Jawan, what you were saying, they're going to recast all of them and wait a little while and uh, maybe even have them star in a Transformers movie, like show up there and then kind of like branch another movie off of that. Nick, what do you think about this? Um, I think it was probably... I think it was probably just a decision to to grow their their brand. I don't I'm I certainly wouldn't jump to the conclusion that it's going to involve um you know, uh huge crossover with, within the movies and stuff like that. Um but it does it does now give them, you know, the ability to move forward with Power Rangers movies. Um you know, there obviously I've heard talks about a new GI Joe movie coming out. Um, obviously the Transformers have been very successful for them. Um, so maybe they, you know, maybe they just like the concept of being able to, to have that in their, uh, you know, in their wheelhouse, so to speak. And I will say this, um, I, I feel like, um, I feel like Power Rangers is probably, or if it's not, it has the potential to be really high selling as far as toys are concerned. And I don't feel like that first movie really maximized on that potential. Um, I could be wrong. I haven't really looked at the numbers. I just don't feel like, uh, I, I don't feel like I have seen like Power Rangers toys as like a big, a big thing. Like it was for when we were kids, Dane. Um, but it, I feel like there's, there's obviously that potential there. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like that has to be the bulk of, of the reasoning behind the acquisition um, is, you know, essentially to uh, be able to make movies that are going to sell toys. And I feel like uh, Power Rangers probably has a little more potential than uh, G.I. Joe, um, even though, again, when, you know, when we were kids, G.I. Joes were um, – you know, the the big deal uh, thing when we were, you know, mm-hmm. much younger kids, uh, Dane. And then, of course, the little Power Rangers came along where you push a little button on their belts and their heads flips. Uh, you, do you remember those? I'm sure you had those. Everybody, I feel like oh, everybody yeah. Oh, in the yeah. 90s I had, had the yeah. Ninja Turtle ones, too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I had my fair share of those as well. Um, but, uh, and of course, of course, Transformers were always cool and there were the uh what what was the animorphs is that the ones that were animals oh yeah yeah like that those were a thing too um but uh but yeah like um oh no you're talking about beast wars aren't you beast wars that's it that's it yeah animorphs was was people i think um but uh but yeah uh yeah those those were you know uh pretty popular too um but yeah, I mean, I think like like I said, I think it's a, a, 
I wouldn't expect any sort of big crossovers coming down the pipe. But, you know, they do have the potential to do that if if they think it could be successful. So, you know, they didn't have the potential for that beforehand. Well, do you think that it would be smart of them, Nick, to even do that in the first place? Like, do you think the shared universe thing really can work anytime? Or is it something that, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to do and Marvel might be, you know, that company, or Disney, I should say, it might be that company that can pull it off. Um, I think they should focus on, if they're making new Transformer movies, making new G.I. Joe movies, if they're going to continue with Power Ranger movies, like, do those on their own, and then worry about later, like, how you're going to tie it in. I, I don't think your focus should be, how are we going to tie together all of these three different things? Um, because I feel like that's oftentimes a detriment to the movies that you're actually making. Like, do do what Field of Dreams did. Build it, and they will come. But worry about the building. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't don't worry don't worry about how uh, like how you make all of these things connect. Worry about building the good movies. Get people to you know take a vested interest in them. And then maybe you know you can you can look at a, a a crossover at some point. Yeah, and hopefully you can get Mark Wahlberg to be in the thing again. That'd be great. He can be in a movie. He can be the captain. I'll be Duke for GI Joe's. It'll be fucking great. Be crazy. Wicked awesome. Anyways, um, yeah, but no, I actually I agree with you uh, completely. But the concept of having a movie where they have Power Rangers and, and, and the Turtles. And, I mean, it's kind of like a Marvel concept or a DC concept in itself with all these uh, 80s, early 90s properties. Like, man, that would be a lot of fun. But you got to work on your stories and make sure they're actually good before you try to go for an overall ending, if you will, of the storyline itself. I don't know. But uh, yeah. anyways, uh, let's, let's get through these last two topics uh, quick, Nick. And uh, the first one is Sylvester Stallone will make his fifth appearance as John Rambo in the new Rambo movie and may possibly direct the movie as well. I'm pretty sure uh, he directed the last Rambo movie, which I really enjoyed. And even though, yeah, he's old as hell, God, Sly Stallone is still grizzled. He still looks intimidating. And if this is going to be the last one, I know it's kind of morbid for me to say, but I kind of hope that he goes out saving whoever and that's the story of rambo and if you want to direct it you know he's actually a pretty good director uh yeah he's not one of the best but i've enjoyed the direction he understands cinematography i'll, I'll definitely mm-hmm. say that uh, if you watch the rocky movies i believe he he directed the second one through uh four i believe maybe five and then he did Rocky Balboa, too. He's done a lot of directing. He's done a lot of writing. He was actually up for an Oscar for the first Rocky movie in the first place mm-hmm. for writing, so uh, for a screenplay. So he's a very accomplished guy, and if he wants to take this character for one last story, I think that's very fitting. Let him play it. He still looks a role. Uh, old, man La- uh, old Man Rambo is what I meant to say. Uh, what do you think about that, Nick? I think it's fine. Like, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the last Rambo movie. Um, I liked the first one a lot. I thought it was great. Second one's okay. Uh, third one's a little hokey. Fourth one's a little better than the third one. Um, 
but uh, I mean, I kind of I kind of look at them similar to to the Rocky movies. Um, like uh, the the first two are both really great, and then the rest of them are, you know, not terrible. Like excluding um, excluding Rocky Five, that was just bad. Um, but uh, but you know, they're they're competent enough made movies, and you know. Uh, he he still got a name to him and everything else. Um, actually, I prefer uh, just in general like Chris Pratt's uh, reenactment of Rambo uh, Four <laughs> um, on uh, Parks and Rec because uh, yeah. that's just that's just fucking amazing. Uh, but uh, but nevertheless, like uh, yeah, I do um, I do think I, I I like where your head's at though as far as like. Uh, like let's let's complete the story of Rambo because we're almost there with Rocky. Like I felt like I felt like he he could have you know he could have died in Rocky or I'm sorry in Creed, and I would have been totally cool with that because they set it up. I think I feel like maybe you could they've set it up for it to happen in Creed too. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like let's 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 put a bookmark on on the character of of Rambo. Because um, I feel like they're there, uh, and uh, you know, have him have him have last uh, one last adventure, one last heroic quest, um, and call it a day. I agree, and then he can have some peace, some peace and damn mm-hmm. quiet. Because all those kids running around in the jungle <laughs> pissing him off. He's an old man trying to you know, change he's, the, he's, trying to change the world without guns, man. Fucking stupid. Yeah, exactly, and he just wants his OJ and his AK-47, maybe a fucking chain gun, whatever happens. Whatever happens on Sundays in the in the jungle. Anyways, let's get to our last story. J.J. Uh, Abrams and Julius Avery are working on an original superhero movie set in World War II with supernatural elements. It's going to be called The Heavy. Um, I really like the concept for this. Uh, I like the idea of making original superhero movies like i love them adapting these characters that i love that i've known for years but having a director like abrams work on his own character um i'd love to see abrams do a superhero movie for marvel or dc or or anyone sony you know uh maybe maybe an x-men character or whatnot but this sounds a little bit more intriguing and i'm also a huge fan of world war ii Always had a weird obsession with it. I think a lot of people do. So putting the timeline during that uh, definitely tickles my fancy, if you will. Uh, how, how do you feel about this, Nick? Um, I am right there with you. Uh, I think it sounds like a really cool concept. Um, I I hope it's really good and I hope it's successful um, because you know it's always it's always cool to see um, you know just just new ideas uh, that are good and, and successful. Um, so I, I'm very intrigued. I, I think I too uh, have—I I wouldn't call it a, a strange obsession—but um, I do have an affinity for um, for World War II stories. Um, some of my favorite all-time movies are are, are set during World War II, and I think just in general, uh, having like a having this be based around some kind of supernatural elements. Uh, it is very intriguing. Um, I'll be interested to see how that factors in because it was kind of vague as far as what those elements would be. Uh, but yeah, having having a superhero story that takes place in the Second World War and 
you know, with, with supernatural elements uh, at play. Um, I, I think it sounds really interesting. And I think uh, at the very least, uh, I think it'll be, uh, you know, better than Captain America. <laughs> so um, I, I think I'm, I think most of y'all like that movie more than I do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, cause it does, it does sound a lot like Captain America, <laughs> superhero, supernatural elements, World War II. Um, but it'll be interesting to see like what, uh, you know, how, how World War II factors in, uh, and how the supernatural elements factor in. But, you know, I'm a big fan of J.J. Abrams, so I'll definitely, uh, definitely be looking forward to seeing a trailer for it, uh, when that, uh, you know, comes out. As, as will I, I definitely will be looking forward to the next one. All right. Well, that is our show guys. Um, hope you guys had a wonderful week, wonderful Sunday, and definitely keep on checking all of our great stuff that we have at Geek Vibes Nation, uh, which is a Facebook page. If you guys want to be a part of the conversation, definitely join us there. We're also on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, we got a YouTube page where you can find this program also on YouTube if you guys want to listen to it while you're working out or doing whatever. Obviously, check it out. And a bunch of – a plethora of shows, guys. We've got the top ten shows on Saturday night. Like uh, like Juwan said earlier, we're going to be working on figuring out a time for this show right here, Geek Sides Live, but it'll still be on Sunday nights. i got Wrestling Geeks Alliance, and I'll turn to Nick right now so he can plug his show and say goodbye to the lovely audience tonight. Nick? Yeah, uh, we have Full Court Press uh, back tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Uh, we will also have uh, a show um, this Thursday in which uh, Dane's brother will be joining uh, the show essentially to make fun of me for uh, going <laughs> so hard for the Philadelphia 76ers, and yet the Boston Celtics uh, have pretty much kicked their ass. Uh, so that'll be fun uh, uh, to uh, essentially uh, listen to Dane's brother give me shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, join us, like I said, Monday and Thursday nights at 9 o'clock, and we look forward to uh, having you there, and we will see you next Sunday at whatever the fuck time that these guys tell me to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and trust me, with Luke, uh, my brother, um, I know what it's like to get shit from him. He's really good at it, so I... You're you're gonna get a little bit thrown at you, but you know it happens. Shit happens, Nick. You know. <laughs> I also want to thank Juwan, who uh, who had to leave uh, at the end of the show um, for being here, obviously, uh, and obviously Joel and Kanan for trying to you know take a night off. You guys suck. I'm just kidding. I love you. Also, Wrestling Geeks Alive, like I said, is on Wednesdays. Uh, if you guys love wrestling, seven o'clock. Uh, we're going to be having uh, Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, uh, Hall of Famer from both UFC, soon to be Hall of Famer, I think, from WWF, because he's also a professional wrestler on. Uh, we're ironing out that interview thing. We've got lots of interviews coming up. So thank you guys so much, and have a wonderful evening. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.